Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. Joel Russell has more than 15 years' experience as a chartered accountant. He began his career in accountancy as an undergraduate with McBurney and Partners. In 2007, he joined Kelly Partners North Sydney, becoming a partner in 2015. Joel's interests include surfing, reading and travel. Today, I am delighted to welcome Joel Russell of Kelly Partners. Welcome, Joel. Hi Amanda, good to be here. Thanks for having me. It is an absolute pleasure to have you. And of course, we are here to talk about strata accounting <laughs> and all things numbers. Well, you know, they, they say there's, there's no such thing as uninteresting topics. There's only uninterested people. So Exactly. I like it. I like it. Now, I'm sure so many of our listeners are familiar with Kelly Partners, which is Australia-wide, providing accounting and auditing services to strata buildings and helping strata managers wade through that sometimes complicated stuff. But the first question I want to ask you, Joel, why is it so important for both strata owners and managers to have a good understanding of the financial aspects of running a strata building? It's all about providing the information to help these users, being the the owners essentially, make the important decisions about the allocation of their resources being their money. They need to be able to understand the story that is being told. It's it's a language. It's like, you know, English or Chinese or whatever your first language is. Numbers is a language. And I, I honestly believe that a balance sheet and a profit and loss is probably the most concise form of storytelling that you know, mankind has devised so far. <laughs> I like that. A balance sheet and a profit and loss as storytelling. <laughs> exactly true. It's, it's, it's right. The balance sheet is a, uh, it's a snapshot. It's yeah. a photograph of what's happening right now. Yeah. How it is. The, uh, the cold hard fact of where we are or how far down the hole we are. Mm. And uh, the, the profit and loss is, is a story of how we went traveled from the start of the year to the end of the year mm-hmm. and uh, being able to interpret that story as a strata manager and uh, and tell that story to your your owners is uh, is a valuable skill mm. to have a, it's a tool in your kit that you can I guess use to build trust with your owners that essentially you you have a, uh, a competency mm. and obviously everyone plays to their strengths but uh, you know that is an essential element, I think, at least to be able to read the story. Maybe, maybe not be able to, uh, you know, create the story. But if you can read the story and assist the owners in interpreting that story about how the how their resources were spent during the year and where they are right now, that's what it's all about. Mm. I think you have hit the nail on the head there, where you say build trust. And it's something that those who are providing professional services, I think it goes across the board, when you can communicate to your clients that you know and understand what it is that they are going through, what it is that they need, then you're going to build trust. And not only does that make your job easier, but 
more enjoyable if you like and trust the people you're working with and they like and trust you, I think. No, I agree. And there's been a lot of talk in the industry about uh, professionalism. Mm. And now I believe that professionalism isn't a uh, something that's mandated from up on high somewhere from the industry body itself. It's actually something that is, uh, you know, it's like the old uh, revolution starts from within. Mm. And so professionalism is a an individual thing. Every strata manager should aspire to be professional as as an individual. Mm. Then you become a an industry of professionals rather than a professional industry. <laughs> and I think part of that is the acknowledgement that what we're doing, you know, you compare the I guess the, the managed assets between the Australian Stock Exchange and I guess the body corporate industry as a whole. Yeah. And you know, actually, the managed assets are quite quite close, and essentially, well, eventually, the uh, managed assets in the strata industry will overtake the managed assets on the Australian Stock Exchange, one point three trillion. And the people that are managing that at the moment, the people that are sitting on the strata committees, are unpaid, mm-hmm. unskilled volunteers. Yep. If you can imagine the the boards of Australian ASX listed companies being, I guess, uh, peopled by unskilled, unpaid volunteers, mm. that's where you see the, the, the difference there. Yeah. So with unskilled, unpaid volunteers managing such a huge asset, and usually the, the uh, individual's most, their largest investment mm. being their, their unit, mm. they need trusted, skilled, competent advisors yep. to help them through the, I guess, the the whole kind of uh, maze of understanding the legislation and, uh, you know, managing that asset. Now, Joel, we both know that there have been some significant changes with the legislation here in New South Wales recently with our new Act coming in on the 30th of November 2016. Can you cover off for our listeners some of the key legislative reforms when it comes to financial matters in particular? Well, I guess from a uh, you know purely self-centered point of view, there is a area that in relation to the reforms, talking about mandatory audit provisions. In the old legislation, mandatory audit provisions applied for uh, large schemes which were defined as um, 100 lots or more. Yep. In the new legislation, and you know this isn't just plucked out of the air. This is a um, you know I guess an acknowledgement of you know, the value of the assets that are being managed that we need to, you know, actually try and manage the risk across the industry and not just, you know, not just the the random fraud that occurs from time to time by owners, suppliers or strata managers, unfortunately, but um, you're managing the risk for the, the owners. And uh, there has been a uh, an additional element added into the, uh, I guess, the provisions in relation to mandatory audit, and it becomes a monetary threshold. And I've seen some of the presentations that uh, when people are giving these, um, you know, updates about the the legislation and the mandatory audit provisions get a cursory mention, but it actually Mm. impacts every strata manager across New South Wales. And uh, a couple... 
A couple of the software providers have uh, attempted to um, insert a, a calculator in relation to mandatory provisions. But mm-hmm. the presentations kind of say, oh, yeah, well, if you're over 250, then you may be up for a mandatory audit. So that's a budget that exceeds 250000 or you're a large strata scheme, so over 100 lots, then you're falling into this new category of requiring an audit under the legislation. Well, that's what you'll see when someone is, uh, I guess, going over the, the highlights of the changes. But as with everything, Amanda, as I'm sure you know, the devil is in the detail. Don't just read the uh, legislation. The actual practical areas in relation to the implementation of our act, it's our act, is the regulations. Mm. The regulations mm. really show how things work and really talk about the, the details of how things work. And this applies also to the mandatory audit provisions. So the prescribed amount is 250, but the, the calculation of that 250 is yep. is the crucial factor. And it's not just the budgeted levies for the 12 months. This is the kicker. Mm-hmm. It You add that, mm-hmm. it's the sum of your opening balances in your cash and investment account. So like to say you had your, your bank account mm-hmm. at the start of the year showing 100,000, then you had your, plus mm-hmm. your budgeted levies for the next 12 months just and say that was a hundred thousand so that's your income yep plus any other income so that includes budgeted Mm, or unbudgeted so throughout that period so just say you um, received a you know as far as the definition of income is concerned an insurance refund for example is income yep so if you received a fifty thousand dollar insurance refund or a, a defects claim, for example, plus your, let's say, $100,000 in budgeted levies over that 12 months, plus the opening cash yep. at bank balance of 100, there's 250, you're in. Yep. Now, the practicalities of applying this mandatory provision, actually, you can really, there's the possibility of determining that whether or not you're in or you're out at the start of the year based on your budgeted revenues and knowing what your opening cash at bank is uh, but mm-hmm. really in, in terms of other income and other income could be a special levy that's you know a special levies should not be budgeted for it's a you know I, I find it weird that people mm. budget for special levies it's not a special levy if you know mm. it's going to happen exactly but so but if a special levy occurs during the year so you can actually you do a review at the end of the year of all your plans uh, that end on a certain month. So that you know your 31st of March year-end plans. Okay, what was my opening balance of cash at bank and investments? What were the levies? Or another way, another quick and fast way of doing it is what's my opening balance in cash, including investments? Plus, I look on my income and expenditure statement and say what was my total revenue, because it is levies plus all other income. Mm. This is a really key point, Joel, and I just want to direct our listeners to the relevant parts of the legislation so that they can look at this, the the definitions that you're talking about and how it links into the regulations and why the regulations are so important. So it's Section 95 of the Strata Schemes Management Act in New South Wales, and this is where it says that a large strata scheme or a strata scheme for which the annual budget exceeds 250000 
must ensure that the accounts are audited before they are presented to the AGM. Now, this section also says that when you are calculating the annual budget, you need to refer to the regulations. And the relevant regulation is Regulation 21 in the Strata Schemes Management Regulation, and I will put links to these in the show notes. And this is where it sets out exactly what Joel's been talking about, how to calculate the annual budget. And it has to include the contributions levied for the year, so your normal levies, any income of the owner's corporation from any other source and any other amounts held by the owner's corporation. So I take your point completely, Joel. It is going to be, and it must be at the moment now with this legislation active, very difficult for strata managers and committees to work out whether they are within this 250000 or whether they have exceeded it and therefore whether they are legislatively required to have an audit. I, so a really key point. Yeah, I agree, Amanda. And look, you know, I'm not bashing on strata managers, I'm, but I think that like, you could read the legislation as it is there and you could be, if you hadn't read the regulations, you could in some respects be misled and to think, well, you know, I haven't raised 250 in levies. We're sweet. We're, we're fine. Mm. We're, we're not going to be yeah. – we, we don't require a mandatory audit. Now, I've done my, you know, I guess rough calculations as far as – yeah, it's hard to guess. But, you know, with particularly with, um, for example, these uh, child safety, the windows issue coming in and, you know, most buildings really, uh, you know, yep. you – you know it's coming up, but you don't provide for it, and then you hit, you strike a special levy to do the the windows. There will be a lot of buildings that um, yep. will go over the two fifty because they have to raise that now. Mm. But people yep. just, if you just looked at the legislation and said, "Well, budgeted two fifty, it's not mm. the de- like I said, the devil is in the detail. Oh, well, it's good to get the message out. Yeah, but you also you don't you don't you don't know what you don't know and so true you need to read the regulations in a nutshell you don't know the legislation until you've read the regulations yeah yeah good advice now is there anything about this new legislation joel that you that you don't like or you think is missing when it comes to financial issues and accounting i think they should insert a provision that's uh mandatory audit and tax returns done by kelly partners I think that would be a really important thing, but I haven't seen it. Where is that? I don't know. Is that, isn't that <laughs> it the is, law It's anyway? in the regulation. Well, I mean, no, you guys are. But, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not bashing on the uh, people that have um, done the uh, legislative change. But, uh, oh, okay. God, that everyone else is. <laughs> I think the, the road to hell is uh, paved with good intentions, and uh, I mm-hmm. think that the – insertion of the key financial information statement as a requirement to yes. be provided with no mention that you actually need to yes. provide a set of financials to accompany the, the notice is <laughs> baffling. Now, yeah. <laughs> key financial information statement was, uh, you know, I read the, I guess, the submissions when they were, um, you know, sending out to the fair trading for, for comment and, um, Mm. One of the questions that was posed was, do you think that um, simplified reporting would help the owners? And our response Mm. was, simplified reporting is a great idea, but you need to have an understanding of where that came from 
and a trust in the underlying integrity of where that information came from. A CEO, for example, you know, a CEO doesn't have time to read a, uh, a full set of accounts. They ask for key financial information. Mm. They want to know the certain ratios, mm. the KPIs that are impacting on their business. But the only way that they can interpret those key elements of uh, information that are derived essentially from a set of financial accounts is through years of understanding. Now, if you mm. presented some KPIs or a key financial information statement to a, like we said before, a uh, an unskilled volunteer who is sitting on the strata committee, mm. it has no meaning. It actually, the our role mm. is to, like I said, is to tell the story, but it's also to, you know, I guess give the information or improve the information to assist these strata managers in making decisions. This goes in the opposite direction. Mm. It actually confuses people. Mm. It, it creates more questions for the strata manager and it's given to someone that, like, the purpose was, oh, well, not many people actually understand a balance sheet or a P&L. So let's give them five figures that don't add up that we can't really correlate back to a, a set of accounts. Like a, a balance sheet and a P&L mm. is probably, yeah, like I said, the, probably the best devised short form of a story of what has occurred that man has come up with so far. Now, so I believe that mm. the legislation is going in the wrong direction. Really, if you're going to actually do something mm. in this area about making it easier for owners to understand financial statements, the answer would have been, let's make it mandatory for anyone that is sitting on an executive committee or a strata committee to have a one-day course to understand what a balance sheet is and what a P&L is. Yeah, that's an option that has been canvassed, I know, over the years and, and has some advocates and, and some detractors. The one drawback with requiring something like that is that there are buildings out there that are struggling to get anyone to volunteer for their committees. So the minute you require a one-day course, the few who were left have disappeared as well. Oh, okay. Well, I get that. I I guess that's the extreme length end of things. Um, and I, under, I understand that, you know, mm. volunteering to be on a committee is more like, you know, everyone take one step backwards and uh, you're the last man standing or last woman standing and you're <laughs> on the executive committee or strata committee by default. But mm. I just don't think that legislating that key financial information statement is not achieving what its intentions were. The intentions were good. The execution yeah. was poor. Yeah. What I find interesting is that the statement of key financial information uh, must be included as an attachment to the agenda for the AGM. And there must be a motion to adopt yeah. the financial statements. Yet there is, and I think you touched on this, there is no requirement to attach the actual financial statements to the notice of meeting. You can do it if you want to, but you don't have to. So we're asking owners to resolve to adopt financial statements that they potentially have never seen. They've only seen this, as you say, a, a, your view would be it's a half-hearted summary, key statement of financial information. And there's got to be owners out there who, as much as they may not have sat on a strata committee before or on an ASX-listed board, they're going to know that 
there is something improper about resolving to approve financial statements. Yeah, you're right. And I think, you know, I think if strata managers are anything, they're practical people. And I think they understand the practicalities of that conundrum. And what they do and what Mm. I've been told that they do is, you know, of course people want to see the balance sheet and the profit and loss and the GL. They they will accompany that and and they want to comply with yeah. legislation, so they send the, the key financial information. Now, but once yeah, they get to the AGM, idea. after they've had a few AGMs with their different plans and had had to explain to someone that the key financial information statement is unexplainable, they mm. they just throw that in the bin and they say, now let's get on with business <laughs> and they look at the profit mm. loss and the balance sheet. Thank you for that, Joel. I think we'll have a lot of listeners out there, whether they're committee members or strata managers who are vigorously nodding their heads in agreement, and that's been their experience so far of this legislation, I'm sure. Mm. Let's talk about some positives here. We've got some listeners who want to gain a, a better understanding of the financial aspects of their scheme, maybe even some strata managers who are saying, look, I want to be this trusted advisor who knows what they're talking about when I look at a balance sheet and a profit and loss. What can those people be doing? What are some quick wins that they can have to increase their understanding and their comfort with these kinds of concepts? What would you recommend they do straight out of the gate? Uh, okay, well, here's another plug for the SCA. I just came back from Canberra yesterday. I hosted the, uh, the financial reporting element of the A100, which is a, uh, it's a, it's a course mm-hmm. run by the, uh, the national arm of um, They've just changed their acronym, SCA has remained, but um, it's now called uh, Strata Community Association rather than Strata Community Australia. They've, they've gone. That's right. Oh, yes, because of New Zealand So joining. Australia will now be known as West Island now that we've joined New Zealand. Right. Um, but the, <laughs> I think, like we said before, education is the, is the key. That's the quick win. Like mm. you, Numbers is a language. Go do a language course. Mm-hmm. Going um, yep. and look at it like that, and and the concept that numbers are boring. It's like saying Italian is boring. It's a language, <laughs> and it's a concise language that actually has some logic behind it. That uh, and you know, mm. if you're investing, you know, talk about a million dollars, investing a million dollars in a a, a strata lot. Well, I think you should uh, you know take half a day out and learn the learn the basics of a set of financial statements. Mm. And there are certainly those courses that uh, SCA provides for strata managers. Unfortunately, I'm not sure that there is anything equivalent for committee members. As you said earlier, that's, that's a bit of a, a gap there and we should be educating our committee members and they should be able to do a course of some sort, maybe not a whole day, but gosh, even a couple of hours online would be good, wouldn't it? Uh, certainly. I, look, I had a chat with... Um, the national trainer, Carol Anderson, and my understanding is that it's it's in yes. the wings. Great. You know, I just think as a strata manager, you're just going to save yourself so much time walking into a committee meeting mm. surrounded by yep. people that actually know what they're looking at. You don't, you're not, mm, you're no definitely. longer, you're really reducing, having, a, having a, an educated committee results in a real reduced risk exposure to risk for for strata managers so it's kind of you know it's it's in the strata managers interest to have an educated community mm, 
Absolutely. Yep. Good tip. Personal question. What books have had the greatest impact on you and why? I guess back in my uh, 20s, I, I read um, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test by, um, by Tom Wolfe. And that was a funny one because, you know, the uh, I guess the irony, it's come full circle because um, when I uh, started working with Brett, that was one of his, uh, his I'm not sure if he read The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test, but um, his... Um, there was a quote, and we still use it today, that was uh, referenced in uh, a book called Good to Great by um, Jim Collins, and it um, talks about the bus. Yep. You're either on the bus or you're off the bus. And that actually yep. came from that novel, The Kool-Aid Acid Test. It, um, mm. it involved LSD and, um, you know, lots of uh, shenanigans during the 60s with the, uh, the, the hippie movement, but um, the essential the essential concept that, you know, you get the right people on the bus in your business and then you decide where to drive it. Mm. That has been something that as a quote and as a concept we've applied here and we'll, we'll say it to our, our clients and people, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a truth in that. Get the right people on mm. the bus first and then together you decide where to drive it. Mm, absolutely. And if those are the books that you're reading, Joel, you certainly are not a boring accountant. <laughs> I'll tell you a book that I've read recently um, that really cuts through a lot of the noise, I believe. And it's, um, there's a, I don't know, I can't, what's, how many habits the, is it? Seven. Seven habits <laughs> of highly effective people. That's it, um, yeah. Now, that was written by a guy called um, Stephen Covey. Yep. His son, uh, I assumed when I read um, this recent one that, that it was that it was Stephen Covey again, but his son is also named Stephen Covey, uh, Stephen mm. M. Covey, and uh, he's written a book called the uh, the Speed of Trust. Okay, I and, haven't heard about that one. And uh, that's a that's an amazing book because really it's uh, I, like I said, it, I believe it's something that cuts through the noise and really, as Curly from City Slickers uh, said to. Um, to uh, his compatriots when they were riding through the desert, the meaning of life is is one thing, and the meaning of business and the meaning of I guess your life can come down to trust. Everything is on the basis of trust. The speed at which we can achieve things, the way that we can work together, the efficiencies and achieving great things is all comes down to this establishment of trust. And the book, it's great. You know, mm. you work through, you know, if you're not a naturally empathetic person, for example, well, he he says that's fine. Do you know what? Just act like an empathetic person and eventually <laughs> it will rub off and you might end up being yes. one. Mm. Act the way you want to <laughs> feel. Act the way you want to feel. But the trust thing mm. um, I've come to see, you, you know, you can really whittle most most issues and most problems right down to, to trust. And, you know, that is, yeah. I think it, it's key for any strata manager as well, is how the question is, how do I establish trust as quickly as possible with this executive committee? What what do I need to do? And yes. because, and I guess the other things too, you know, is how do I reestablish trust once trust is lost? Yes. Once you've mm -hmm. lost the trust, you don't just throw your hands up and say, well, that's gone. I've, I'll move on to the next building. There is a, you know, there is a road to redemption at rebuilding trust. There, there are elements that you can do, and you know, I think mm. most strata managers are 
naturally or they're intuitive towards how to build trust. But I think you can nail most issues and problems down to that one word. Mm. And I absolutely love that we have come full circle. We started this conversation talking about building trust and that is where we've ended up. I think that's a fabulous place to leave it. Thank you so much for that, Joel. Thanks. Thank you, Amanda. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Now, before we say goodbye, do let us know how our listeners can find out more about you and uh, Kelly Partners. Uh, well, I guess, you know, you can. Uh, we're doing a bunch of stuff around the uh, around town. We host a uh, Australian conversation quite regularly. We've got one coming up on the 28th of April. It's actually sold out. Um, yes, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we have a uh, – apparently we've got, we've got a couple of uh, pretty uh, – rock star strata guests there, um, including yourself. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, if you want to find out about us, um, just go to our website, www.kellypartners.com.au or, yeah, just give me a call. I'm happy to have a chat about anything and, you know, or you can, you know, take me out for a beer down in um, <laughs> North Sydney somewhere. Sounds like a good idea. Thanks so much, Joel. Thank you, Amanda. See ya. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? 